que lo que papis. We have an amazing show planned. It's OGV episode 15. We got Lex in the building. One of the best major finishes we've ever seen. John from Scottsdale pulling it off. College World Series in full swing. NBA Twitter had a field day with Ben Simmons yesterday. Electricity all throughout the weekend. It was amazing. And then we're going to finish it off with a little decompression, talking all things shower beers at the end of the show. First thing is first, Stripe Golf Co. StripeGolfCo.com. Go to StripeGolfCo.com. Follow their Instagram account. They got great hats. They're always posting. They're always grinding. Get yourself a hat at StripeGolfCo.com. Lex, what do you got for us? Golf Degenerates, baby. Like I've said before, killer Instagram page, good content, great logo, great swag. That's the t-shirt. I got a sticker for those of you that have listened in and tuned in for the past few podcasts. They got great golf balls, great hats, great towels. They got good merch. Um, So I've said it once. I'll say it again. You know, we're big fans. We're Golf Degenerate fans. Uh, Give them a follow. Shoot them a like. Shoot them a comment. How the hell How are we you? Doing? I'm what great. a weekend it was. You caught what, it. How did you watch? How did you consume over the weekend? How did you consume all the sports that we had? So I went back to my parents' house to celebrate Father's Day. So obviously I was a little limited, but you know, my parents are golf fans. So I was able to watch a good amount of the golf. Um, watch some college baseball on Saturday, watch some college baseball on Sunday kind of tuned into the end of the uh, Nets Bucks game. So I got a little bit of everything, not quite the uh, double TV 14 hour day that you had yesterday, but, but I got a lot of it. Yeah. Yesterday was a marathon, man. I mean, we, we started on Saturday with Stanford NC state. We said, you know, two, two of the hottest teams coming in. Um, and then, you know, NC state, they just beat Vanderbilt uh, just playing good baseball. That's what they do playing a great brand of baseball. They're the hottest team in the tournament right now. So we had that. Then we had the marathon 14-inning Vandy, Arizona game. That was epic. And then Sunday, wow. Uh, we, we had some of the, the fellas came over. We had, I want to say, probably 40-plus beers uh, that were deleted amongst all of us and uh, <laughs> you sprinkle in a little bit of the devil's lettuce uh, rally devil's lettuce as we called it for rom and clearly it worked um, that's where we're going to start u.s open that was everything you could have possibly had hoped it to be there were meltdowns there were just massive stones on the ground putts um we had crazy lies bryson hit the ball into a 12 pack of stella's 
Uh, we had, was it Hughes hit one into a tree? Yeah. Um, it was just, it was fireworks. Uh, Louis duck hooked one to Mexico as the announcer said, um, <laughs> it, it, it was just, it was nonstop left and right. We're going to start Jay from S John from Scottsdale Rombo. I called it. I mean, it was a popular pick, but I mean, you still got to go out there and execute. Got to go out there and execute, and boy, did he ever. What are your thoughts on the Rombo? Well, I first got to congratulate you. You've been on the Rombo train basically since I started joining you on this podcast about 10 weeks ago. Um, you picked him for about everything. You've loved the way he's played. He kind of got screwed at um, – what, what was the tournament? Do you know the, the Memorial. Name? Yeah, I got screwed at the Memorial tournament, but he was going to win that one. You said he was a, he was a lock for this one, and sure enough, he – he pulled it off. He was the best golfer for sure. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's not like he, he was just playing very good golf throughout the whole weekend. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday is about staying in it. Friday is about kind of, you're not making your push yet. Saturday, no one really made a push. Um, so he was just still kind of hanging around, hanging around. And then he just played mistake-free golf. I think he had one bogey in the round on the front nine. Um, but the U.S. Open, it's usually the guys that don't make the mistakes. They, they save the par. They get up and down. Um, it's not like they're going out. It's not a birdie fest out there. So that's basically what Rom did. He was patient. He said it himself. He was very patient. Uh, and then he goes out there and then he saves par out of the bunker right on 16. Saves par out of the bunker. or It was 15 or 16. So Where? I think he saved par on 15, right? Okay. He, hit a, he hit a, he hit a, what a 200 yard shot from the bunker par four, I think. Right. Save right. par. Right. 16 is that long ass par three that was playing like two thirty on the last day. Hard that. And I think he went on the green two putted and then 17, 18. I mean, I'm sure most people saw that the, I mean, birdie birdie. With two you would have thought cuts. there was an earthquake in my apartment. The way we erupted, it was, like my neighbors are probably like, what the fuck is going on in there? Because we were high fiving. I mean, I, I have this written down. Uh, so he sinks the putt on 17. Sinks pretty much a what it's kind of an identical putt on 18, right? Going yeah, to the right. But they're, they're both they're very similar, I think, downhill to the right. Yeah. So perfect touch, perfect read. And he gives uh he has such a good fist pump game. I know it's being talked about a lot, but my God, that's an electric fist pump. Um, what's your celebration after you hit one of those or both of those? Where, what are you going with? I think I'm naturally a guy where the putter goes in the air as I think it's going to go in. And then when it goes in, I just kind of let it fall into my hand, catching it, um, you know, on the actual head of the club. I feel like I do that naturally on, on good swing. So that's, that's me celebrate early and then hope it goes in. I like that. I like what that. About, Pimp the home run you? and then pray. Um, there's a few, there's a few, uh, let's hear them thoughts that came to my mind. Uh, unrelated. I was thinking about home run celebrations, like when he hit that. Uh, and I was wondering if you could get called out of the baseline, um, on a home run. In other words, what I would do, you know, go to first base and then take a right turn to right field and just start high-fiving the fans, <laughs> essentially just doing a full victory lap. But if I make that putt, I think I got to go with the Achilles from Troy. You've seen Troy? I haven't. No. 
What in the fuck, dude? I'm sorry, dude. That we're not on the same page. I'm for, start for giving. Movies. I'm dead ass going to start giving you. Homework. <laughs> um, hey, well, just explain it. There's probably people out there that haven't seen Troy. So there's a scene where Brad Pitt, aka Achilles, takes his spear and hucks it about, I don't know, a football field, and he just dots someone right in the chest, kills him. Um, I wouldn't try and kill anyone. I would try and maybe, but I don't know. I, I would fucking black out. But I would take my putter and just javelin throw it to somewhere maybe, especially on 18. It's like I can just get a new putter. I would javelin throw that maybe right. into the ocean, especially because you're at Torrey Pines. You're right on the ocean. So I would javelin throw my putter into the ocean. Um, and then I'd probably do a few laps with the fans um, just to get them involved as well. I mean, that's... Yeah, I love that you're getting the fans involved, but I mean, logistically, like, let's be smart here. It wasn't over. John Rom chucks his putter into the water. There could have easily been a playoff. And no, you don't just get another putter for the playoff. You're putting with a sand wedge. So, you know, I don't care. So, <laughs> is the celebration care. worth it? I don't know, man. I just want to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good point. Another celebration he had his kid, Keppa. He could have done the Simba, like, just grabbed Keppa and just holds him up to the crowd. Um, that would have been similar sick. to the lion King. I mean, the crowd would have gone ballistic. That would have fired up the crowd for sure. Yeah. So you got a couple of good options with that, um, with that celebration there. Phil was in his corner the whole time. He was doing the, uh, was like Roger Mayweather with Floyd Mayweather, just right there in his corner, giving him tips, hanging out with, uh, Rombo's wife, which there's some, speculation there but we won't get into that um but well, overall speculating are you speculating i was not speculating I don't know what <laughs> you're, the, you're the only one speculating i, I, I don't feel I'll, I'll say this phil is just one cool cat that's all i'm gonna say all right uh, but overall john from scottsdale we got anything else on that the one thing the i wanted bounce. to say was 18 you know obviously you you love the putt you remember the putt but you got to appreciate the smart shot out of the bunker right there. If he shoots directly at the pin, there's a good chance that that ball goes in the water if he goes past the hole. So he plays it safe and chips it a little more towards the middle of the green and bets on himself to make the putt. And sure enough, he, he did that. So he, he played it safe while, while also being aggressive. I just thought it was just great golf down the stretch. That's a great point. Another one on 18 too. Like when you have that type of adrenaline and you pipe a drive, to just right down the dick. That's another just amazing feeling. I mean, it's like step the hardest step one complete. I mean, you saw Louie needed to do an 18. All of a sudden, he pretty much put himself out of the tournament by just hitting his drive in the rough. I mean, especially in the US Open. I mean, that's got to be a relief. Well, yeah, that's a perfect segue into Louie. A, a meltdown on 17. I mean, he could have went so far right and hit yep. the fans like he could have dotted a fan he could have just full razi slice mode into the gallery and he does the one thing it's like what you were saying <laughs> you can't hit the ground when you putt yeah you can't duck hook that on on 17 into mexico yeah that the announcers were <laughs> the announcers were pretty hilarious on that one they were they're giving him a lot of shit like the guy's been like the best golfer all weekend besides maybe like him and Rom, the two best golfers all weekend. 
and they just tear into him on 17 when he hits that drive. And All the, respect uh, was lost for Louis. Yeah, seriously, that one like, shot. I know, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. He, I mean, he was he hit every drive down the middle all day, so you can't like, yeah, you just got to miss right there. You just can't miss left. Yep, and then he does not to the same degree on 17, hooks it again on 18 into the rough, and uh, yeah, I mean, he couldn't go for the green and two, although I don't know why he like at least didn't give it a go. I, I guess you're going to lose money coming in if you end up boging, double boging, whatever. You're going to lose some cash, but uh, yeah, physically, I, mean, he, I don't know if he had the like the physical strength to get the ball there. So yeah, maybe, I mean, he was you know, he was two call. he was two forty five, two fifty out. I I don't even know what you hit out of that thick of rough to give it a shot. I mean, I don't know if you hit a hybrid or you just try and roll one up there on the right side, but. Louis, I mean, he 16, 17, 18, he had to, he needed a birdie at some point. You weren't going to get it on 16. You're not getting a birdie on 16. So step one, he had a great hole in 16, that 230-yard par three like I was talking about. 17, you just got to par it because 18 is the one to birdie. So he almost did exactly what he had to do. He right. just put the pressure on to, like, try and force himself to get an eagle on 18. So I was I was a little disappointed. I, I, I wanted there to be a playoff. but Oh, I was rooting for free golf. I was so rooting for free uh, um, golf. So he almost did what he had to do, a little bit of a meltdown. Yeah, but that's all I, I mean, overall, Louis, hats off to you, man. Like, he, he plays so well in majors. He just has only won one. So we're Louis guys. We really are. He really I've, seemed, co- like, so cool, calm, and collected, like, down the stretch. I mean, everyone else started, like, melting down, missing putts, balls over the place, and he just seemed, like, relaxed same smooth swing and you know, it's hitting good shots for the most part. So he, he's a guy that can hang under pressure for sure. Mm-hmm. And Rory got the putting yips. Yeah. That was weird. Is it that I mean that's mental. That is so mental. What is going through his mind? Is it just one putt and then it, you just lose it? Or like, how does that even work where you just completely lose feel? Personally, I don't know if this is how the professional golfers think about it, but once I start thinking too much and start overcomplicating my putts and not just reading it, yeah, no shot. Those are going in. When I just read it, go with my gut first read, those are usually a little bit better. So I just got to imagine pressure's on. He's overthinking it, being too fine with it. And it, you know, just led to a lot of missed putts they should have made. Yeah. I always liken it to pitching. It's like when you're working quick, you're not even thinking about it. You're just in the flow of the game. Everything's going right. You're pounding the zone, uh, splitting the plate in thirds, not trying to nibble. Whereas, you know, when you you slow the tempo down, you start thinking about trying to be too perfect, trying to be too fine. You start to nibble, you lose the strike zone. Next thing you know, it's an avalanche of shit that comes your way. Um, so that's kind of what my mindset is. I, that's what I think happened with Rory. He just started thinking a lot, slowed the tempo down, got out of his putting rhythm. And then next thing you know, he's out of the tournament. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We had, before we get into Bryson, I want to give a big shout out to the fans, the gallery on Sunday, because we had shanked shots all over the fucking field, all over the place on Sunday. Guys were topping balls, uh, skull fucking balls <laughs> into the galleries and the fans, no one, I don't think anyone got hit or injured that you imagine Bryson just 
skull fucking a ball and you get sniped in the calf. Like that would be so, so agonizing pain. Um, and everyone had their head on a swivel. Everyone had their head on a swivel and it, it made for some great content because no one ended up actually getting hurt. I feel like Bryson wouldn't even be nice about it if he hit someone with a ball. I feel like he'd just walk up and be like pissed that the fan like got hit by a ball. Well, we saw that. He fucking completely hit one into the gallery on one hole and didn't call four, didn't do anything. He just picked up his tee like an asshole. <laughs> I love that. Like they have the guys behind the tees that are basically just like, you know, I'm trying to think of uh, like traffic controllers on the runway of an air of an airport. It's like down the middle. They're just like, yep, it's down the middle. But when it's left or right, they are not shy about letting everyone know that that ball is going left or right. Yeah. I love it. I love that's, that's one of the most underrated parts about like watching golf is when, you know, someone hits a shot so errant and you just hear, you just see everyone pointing. <laughs> Both caddies, <laughs> the other yeah. guy, people in the state. Yeah. Getting that other angle of seeing them, hit the ball towards you is a pretty, is a pretty fun golf angle. Yeah. I like it. I also like when they have the drone that follows it in the air. That's a, that's a cameraman. What? The guy that, the guy that follows the ball, like the tee shots that just, it's just locked in on the ball. It's one guy who does like all these tournaments and he's been doing it for years and he's just the best at it. And he's in like a scissor lift. And Whoa. he's the and he's the guy. I forget his name, but he's it's like he there he provides a lot of value to you know NBC and CBS and the golf channel because he's the only guy that can truly track these golf balls, I guess. He's just the MJ of cameraman. Dude, people don't talk the about goat. I know they only, they only talk about do. bones. They're always talking about bones, but I want to talk about the guy that's in the scissor lift. Who the fuck is Bones? Bones is the guy that walks with the features group and they're like what do you see down there, Bones? And he's like, oh, oh. yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, Bryson just snapped his putter in half and called someone, you know, a bitch or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he would ever say that, but that's like the that's the idea. Speaking of Bryson, um, that was an all-time meltdown. It was uh, like when you look at meltdowns in golf, you know, you, have, you think of that Spieth Masters, um, uh, you know, there's there's plenty to to choose from but that that's up there with with them all what did he card on the back nine of 44 42 which is a great score for us four, like i'm, I'm four, fired up on 44 44 yeah. Uh, yeah that's wild there was that one par five where he carded the eight triple bogey par four quadruple oh, he, bogey. quad so he went quad thank you um and he had three straight shanks like yeah, three for- straight shanks Dude, I, t- I keep saying this. He's, like, good, but he's the- I've seen this happen this year. He's the only guy that will top a ball, shank a ball. I don't know what's what the deal is, like, why he misses by so much. Like, no one else does that because he's weird-ass swing probably. Yeah, he had the one. Once again, he hit it right next to a 12-pack of Stella's, which is – Why was that box sitting there? Did they talk about that at all? I don't know. Someone clearly left uh, an unprotected box of, of Stella's. Can you bring beer into the – I don't think so, but maybe someone was able to convince the concessions to just sell them a 12-pack. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, they just are they selling 30s there? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Sell a 30-pack for $100? They make so much profit? Yeah, absolutely. People would buy that for sure. He also had the one chip where he was kind of standing in the bunker, and then, um, but it was in the rough, 
So it was a really tough lie. Like it's obviously a very difficult shot, but you just see it immediately come off the club and it's like, Oh my God, that could hit someone just a line drive up the middle. <laughs> um, that went very far into it. There was just, it was Bryson left and right uh, was miss hitting balls, which I was, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm, I root for someone to just completely melt down, but it was very entertaining to watch. Oh yeah. And I have a question, a personal question for you about this. So us regular golfers, we have these meltdown holes all the time. You can, you can count on one or two around for the most part, sometimes even more. What do you do to get back into a, into a round after that meltdown hole? What do you, how do you get back into it? I honestly don't know. Cause a lot of the times these meltdowns, I just black out. I'm like, what the, <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? And like, this shit happens too. This happened in baseball where, yeah, I obviously I had way more good than bad in baseball, but you look at the Oregon state game. I gave up eight runs in the first inning and I just like came off the field. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, there was another game in high school where I gave up six in the first to St. Francis. Like what the fuck just happened? So it's, it's very similar to golf where I'll just card an eight and I'll just, I guess the way I get back into it is I just wake up out of a, some trance, some shitty trance that I'm in where I just forget how to play sports. I was kind of, I mean, obviously you can't do this when you're playing high school or college baseball, but I was kind of expecting you to say that you just immediately go to a shotgun. You just rally shotgun a beer or a rally white claw and then just get back into it. Cause I've seen you do that. I've seen, I've literally seen you melt down shout out our Scottsdale trip and then mm-hmm. shotgun a couple white claws and boom, you put started playing some great golf. Yeah. Uh, I think that I might have to settle into that routine. Um, if, if need be, hopefully that doesn't happen too much often. I, I know it will happen, but I think that's the move, a shot or a shotgun, um, something to just take the edge off because I get really mad at myself too out there. And that's another thing I'm trying to be positive vibes, positive energy. Um, I think that's another thing that you could, uh, say as a solution, just give yourself a compliment, say, Hey, Orlando, you know, your hair looks great today or Hey, Orlando, like your swing is beautiful or something like that. So yep. you, you can do that for yourself. Just, Hey, Lex, you got great flow. Hey, Lex, I like your, you're wearing a cool shirt, you know, you. just be positive. Thank you. That's just, you're just spitting out life advice right now. Exactly. Exactly. I, don't know if you, I don't know if you wanted to talk any more about golf. The only other thing that I had written down was <laughs> what do you think about a uh, one Jordan Spieth like pre pre swing routine? And did you also see him just hitting the hell out of the grass, just chunking the grass on the, on the driving range? Yes. I was like, what is he, what's going on? I guess they're pros. They can do whatever the fuck they want. But if I'm like a maintenance guy, or something on the course i'm like buddy like you are gonna make me work overtime big time yeah i don't think jordan was really pissed if for people that didn't see it he he just has this new like pre-swing like thought or move where he's really driving like that back elbow down into his his side is that how mm-hmm. you describe it yeah it's, it's really kind of down. it's an I think emphasis they kept describing it. to shallow the club or something like that yeah, they kept talking about getting on top of the, like getting on top of it and not getting underneath it. I couldn't really tell you what that means. I have an idea, but I'm not going to try to explain it. Um, and I think he was trying to 
emphasize that on the range, but basically wasn't hitting balls and was just digging up the entire driving range, which I just thought was, was pretty hilarious and kind of classic Jordan speed. Yeah. Someone is working and I love Spieth, but yeah, he, I would be pissed if I worked at the course. Yeah, for sure. That was it. No, great point. Uh, You got anything else? No, that was all I had on the U S open. All right. College world series. Uh, We got off to the start with Stanford and NC state. We said it last week on the show. NC state's one of those teams that plays postseason baseball in the sense they just don't make mistakes. They're very disciplined, which means they're going to be in it at the end of games, which means that leaves an opportunity for the other team to make a mistake. We saw it today, and, you know, all this is amplified because it's the postseason, because there's Omaha is just electric right now. I love Omaha. Can't say that enough. And then we had the Vandy. uh, So NC State beat Stanford in the first game. Vandy Zona marathon game that was electric. Uh, we had Kumar Rocker, we had mistakes left and right. Uh, how much of that game did you catch that game? I saw highlights of the first part of it, hopped into that game in the ninth inning, and honestly, it was like pretty awesome to watch that game nine through whatever inning they, they finished in. Yeah, and Arizona kind of just got a fucking tough break, man. They, I know they missed the opportunity they miss a few opportunities late in the game and then they lose playing the infield in uh, or not playing it. No, they played the infield in Yeah, uh, first and third bases loaded bases loaded. They played the infield in um, and then the, the ball squeaks through, which, you know, you could say it would have been a double play ball. It's a hindsight 2020 thing. What do you think? Do you think they should have been playing the middle infielders back? I mean, I went back and checked it. Vanderbilt had a righty up. You got to assume with most college baseball players, they're pretty fast. This isn't the big leagues where you just have slow guys just dropping bombs. Like everyone's pretty athletic. Everyone's pretty fast. So you can assume this guy was pretty fast. But I mean, that situation, I'm just like, what has Spandy probably done all year? They probably played double play death there. And then all of a sudden, just because you're in the college world series late in a ball game, they do something they probably haven't done all season. Um, or Arizona does something they haven't done all season. Sorry about that. And uh, and it kind of bites them in the ass. I mean, it hurts that the ball was like right where, right into the double play depth sh- shift would have been. Right. Um, so I don't know. I I guess it's hindsight twenty twenty, but yeah, I I don't I don't see why you don't play the the infield double play depth. Yeah, it, it is a bad look too if you can't turn the double play a bit there, and that's how you lose. That's I don't think that's why they lost the game. They no. failed to get the run in, uh, runner on third, less than two out, or runner on second with no out. Yep. Failed to get the run in there. You pinch run for um, Susak, who's your best player. And I get it. You need the speed out there. But also catching like defensively, is that's the focus. You need your best defender back there. And when you're Vandy, you have the luxury of having two really good catchers. The catch in uh, the backup catcher for Arizona might be good and just had a bad game, but he starts clanking balls left and right um, and giving up free nineties. So that uh, that's kind of how you lose baseball games in the postseason. Just actually in general is free nineties. Yeah. I, so I actually missed when Suzak got taken out. I was just wondering why that other catcher was in the game and then figured out when I talked to you, why that had happened. And that's mm-hmm. just a, I don't know. Just an, I don't know what the situation is where he was when he got taken out to be pinch run for, but it's like, 
another one of those things. Have they done that all year? Probably not. But all of a sudden, you know, coaches feel like they have to do something extra to win these ball games. But I'm like, there's a reason you guys got here. Just play the same ball game you played all year. So that's, that's how I feel about that. And then Tennessee looked completely overmatched against Virginia. Virginia, once again, a team like NC State, excuse me, where they're just playing good baseball. That's what they do. They had a lefty on the mound. I'm sorry that I his name is slipping my mind, but he was really good. He was mixing speeds. He was up to, you know, 92. Um, he was very, very good, just pounding the zone, and Virginia was just wearing him out offensively. Uh, so we won't talk too much on that game because that Mississippi State-Texas game, I mean, you blinked, and it was the fifth inning. Eric Bednar was unbelievable. He was just you talk about don't fix it. If it's not broken, he was just throwing high spin rate fastballs and Texas couldn't figure out how to hit it. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I wouldn't say it was weird, but it was, you know, you kind of expect these teams to be able to handle the velocity. Like they see that all year they're seeing mid mm-hmm. nineties or seeing upper nineties. That's what they face all year. If you're in, you know, the big 12 or the sec right. and Man, they were just getting <laughs> they're just getting beat by middle, middle of fastballs all game. And uh I I don't know his name. What is his name? The Mississippi State pitcher? Eric Bednar. So Bednar, how many strikeouts did he have? He had like 13 strikeouts through 15, five innings or something. 15 Ks through five and a third, something like and that. And he would have pitched he would have so what then what happened? He gave up uh he got taken out in the sixth or the seventh. But yeah, thrown, but they have a really good closer who was also had, doing the same exact thing. <laughs> right, and he had thrown 100 pitches, so I, I get it. But, man, if he had somehow kept his pitch count down, he probably would have gone even longer and gotten more strikeouts because they just did not have an answer for him. Yeah, there was elite pitching on display from everyone. Ty Madden of Texas and then my boy Pete Hansen, fan of the show. Pete Hansen's a fan of OGV. Let's go. He was an old friend of the program of the Long Ball Podcast. So shout out Pete. Um, he looked really good as well. But yeah, man, they Texas just got the bat shoved up their ass, quite frankly. And that happens, you know, you just got to wear it. And they gave it a shot in the ninth inning. Their leadoff guy hits a home run. So they cut the lead in half. It's two to one. And then they get runners on first and second with a couple knocks and just couldn't get the guy in. But I mean, just a little too little, too little bit too little too late. Um, two more games, Stanford, Arizona. Stanford, it, they beat them 14 to five. It seemed like it was a close game just because Arizona's offense is so good. But, man, Stanford just absolutely fucking handed it to them. They were piecing balls left and right. I go back to the biggest at-bat of the game. There's two outs, two guys on. I believe there's two on. Um, Drew Bowser is fighting balls off left and right. And, I I don't know, nine-pitch A-B. And then he laces a ball into left field that just kind of, that's very deflating. Um, This is, remember, this is a mental game also. So you you have that happen to you when you're the opposing team. And it's just, it's very deflating. Yeah, I didn't catch much of the game. I saw some highlights and I saw Stanford hit a a couple home runs. Usual suspects went deep. um, And then they won 14 to five. I was a little disappointed, but because I was, I, we've talked about Arizona so much, but hey, we're we're also Stanford fans. I know you got Stanford to win it. Smoke um, the trees, so, baby. Smoke the trees. Hey, so they're still in it. They play. Fortunately for them, they play. I mean, there's no easy team, but they're playing Bandy next. So good luck. Yeah, yeah. Brock Jones. Last thing on that. Brock Jones is a motherfucker. 
That guy's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, guy he's going to be ball. good. Hammers the ball. And then we had an elite display of pitching. Uh, Sam Highfill for NC State tonight. Freshman, stones on the table. You love to see when freshmen uh, let him hang because it, it just makes you feel good. Um, and then, obviously, Jack Leiter on the other end. I think he had, what, 16Ks, 15Ks. You talk about Eric Bednar uh, and Mississippi State's pitching, what they were doing, where it's just I'm going to stick with country hardball until you can prove to me that you can hit it. It was kind of the opposite tonight where, yeah, Leiter was throwing his usual queso, high spin rate queso, but he's also flipping breaking balls over for strike one, which is such an underrated thing. He's throwing off speed behind in the count. Sam Highfill is backing up a curveball with a changeup. It, it was elite pitching, like mindset pitching in this game today. And that, I, you could probably tell it in my voice. I was fired up to watch. How, uh, how deep did each of those guys go in the game? So lighter was 120. I think lighter might've gone all eight innings. Okay. They didn't pitch tonight. He was at 125. Sam Highfill went until I believe he went six or seven, but they have this other guy, justice, this lefty, he was 90 to 94 with sink and a nasty hammer. So that like when you have a dude like that out of the pen, like Mississippi State does and NC State, that is a big advantage. So, yeah. And I don't know. Like, same thing. I'm not super familiar with with all these players, but I mean, the guy for NC State who hit that home run, pretty impressive, just leaned into a fastball and oh, it fucking <laughs> about 20 rows deep into the left or sorry, the right center, right center field, uh, stands. Um, that's where I got on the topic of, of celebrations. Like when you hit a ball like that, I was talking with Blake, you shouldn't even have to run. Like you could, you should just be able to go to the dugout, do like a touchdown celebration at home plate. Dude, I kind of like the, as a hitter getting like that little victory lap around the bases. It's pretty it's pretty epic. It's worth it. Doesn't really get old, but hey, they do that in slow pitch softball. You hit home run, and then you just go out to the dugout. Yeah, old fatty, just walking sluggishly back to the dugout after hitting a dong. Yep. Uh, very quickly, NBA playoffs, uh, Game Seven, Philly, the process. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with this process. Uh, I think you got to start a new process. <laughs> Benton Simmons, like NBA Twitter is elite. It's the best type of Twitter. That was some of the funniest shit I've ever seen with the Ben Simmons slander. Well, do you have any specific examples or just any just general comments about that? I'd love to hear more. I didn't, I'm not super familiar with what they were saying. I mean, I, yeah. have, I, I know what they're saying, but I want to hear how they were saying it. Yeah, so there was one tweet that I retweeted. Why the fuck does Ben Simmons wear a shooting sleeve? <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> um, someone updated his Wikipedia page uh, to playing for the Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> uh, oh, this is good. This one here is Ben Simmons had like a 1.4 GPA too. He'd really be changing tires if he wasn't 6'10". Um, Shaq said that if he was in my locker room, I would have knocked his ass out. So Shaq just <laughs> went straight. I would beat the shit out of him. Dude, that sucks, man. 
Oh my God. That sucks to have like a guy like Shaq say that about you, but Oh my God. I mean, to only to be on the bench, he was on the bench for the last minute of the game when you're supposed yeah. to be like the all-star of the team. Like, dude, he was in, a, we talked about headspace last time. Mm-hmm. That guy was in a bad headspace. That guy had zero confidence in those last couple games. Cause I mean, he's obviously, we all know he's not a good shooter, but the way that he was shooting the ball and not shooting the ball was like unbelievable. Yeah. There was one uh, tweet also where it just had the screen grab of him going to the rim and it was Trey Young was the only person in front of him. Known rim protector, 6'2", Trey Young, was right in front of him, and then he gave the ball up. Oh, my God. Trey Young has, like, one of the worst, like, defensive ratings in the league, too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then someone in backyard basketball uh, changed his confidence level to zero. <laughs> <laughs> they still make backyard basketball? I, I It was just a graphic that I saw. Uh, oh my god that's hilarious yeah just unbelievable they have content yeah i heard i mean not surprising but philadelphia booing their own team booing ben Mm -hmm. simmons that hurts that's that's a philadelphia thing though um trey young just getting shit on the entire playoffs but showing up and being kind of a rude one so shout out trey young for being awesome yeah i love trey young he's a motherfucker he's another motherfucker the content on trey young too if you haven't seen that is pretty funny it'll be like you guys let this guy beat you in seven and it's like, you know, Trey young with a picture of all these guys and he's just at their camps or whatever, or just like a middle school picture or that like one video where he's doing like a, trying to be like a, uh, he's trying to do like a sex, sexy dance or something. It's just like, they're just roasting his ass, but Hey, he went out there and, and won the series. Yeah. Yeah. Trey young, really good at basketball. Uh, there's one more thing that I was going to say, well, whatever we've been, uh, We've been great. There's also one like the Kevin Herter stuff was great too. Oh, Philly, um, Philly. It just kind of amplifies the whole situation. It's kind of the the dot on the eye, the exclamation more point on the process. Yeah. Because the Philly fans make this even better because they're just like, what the fuck? I was texting with a bunch of Philly fans that I know, and it's like they're just dumbfounded. So. Yeah. That was great. That was all good. Um, this has been a really good show, by the way, and we're being efficient. Let's go. Did you want to talk about Nets uh, uh, Bucks at all? Oh, shit. Didn't even come up with that KD. I mean, what, what else needs to be said about KD? And then Giannis, I'm... the Giannis slander. Fuck the Giannis slander. That guy has the yips. He has full yips, and he's still dropping 38, 14, and 10. I know that's what people keep saying, like, oh, Giannis is not himself. And then I keep looking at the stat line, like, well, what's he supposed to do then? Because he's dropping 30 plus and he's having a triple double every game. So um, I think one of the most hilarious, again, not didn't watch a ton of the series, just kind of picked up bits and pieces from it. But one of the most hilarious things that I just kept seeing is just PJ Tucker just getting in Durant's face, but Durant just dropping 40 and 49 right in his grill every night. And I saw, uh, <laughs> I saw a headline in the San Francisco Chronicle. I think my mom told it to me that like PJ Tucker and the real MVP get into it, referring to Kevin Durant's mom as the real MVP from, from uh, Kevin Durant's speech. Yeah. I like that one. And so I guess PJ Tucker was not only getting into it with Durant, but just also yelling at Durant's mom. Who's like sitting courtside. Meanwhile, Durant is just like hitting game tying shots, huge shots the entire time. So he he's literally three, like two inches away from, the sickest game winner we've ever seen. 
I mean, to even make that and to go into overtime is like unbelievable. People just like, like, all right, here we go in overtime. I'm like, do we, can we not appreciate how ridiculous that shot was and their season would have been over if he missed that? So, and then I think they scored like four points in the, in the overtime or something like that. Yeah. And then ESPN had some tweet that was like Kyrie showing support for his team. It's like, what the, no shit. He's on the (laughs) team. Like, yeah. Teammate shows support to teammates. That isn't playing in the game. Shocker. Weird. Credit to him. Um, but anyway, that's our uh, – we talked about that it was probably going to be a Suns-Nets championship. Nets are out. Um, so who do you got between the Hawks and the um, and the Bucks? I think it's going to be Suns-Bucks. And mm-hmm. I actually, I really love it that we're going to see one of these new guys get their first title. Finally. Finally, no LeBron. I mean, obviously, I love the Warriors. I mean, they they weren't in it last year either, but no Warriors, mm-hmm. no LeBron, no Lakers. You know, not really a not really a super team in it, except for the Clippers. Kind of, I guess you call the Clippers a super team. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I think it's gonna be Suns Bucks too. Yep, 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 yep. We're in agreement. All right, let's get to decompression. Let's decompress. This is kind of a long debate. You know, it's been, I haven't really debated it with too many people. It's more of an internal debate going on in my brain. I, okay. I can't figure it out. I, I think I, I hate it, but also like you kind of have this peer, I'm a big peer pressure guy. So like kind of have this peer pressure thing. Maybe I love it. Shower beers, shower beers. I think the majority of people enjoy shower beers. I want to know where you're at with shower beers. First of all, shower beers are just a thing that, you know, it's cotton steam on social media and everyone likes to post their little memes about shower beers and how nice a shower beer is when you come home or if you're going out. Um, I'm not a huge fan of shower beers. I don't actively try to do that. I don't like the, uh, the multiple liquids going on. I don't like getting, you know, shower water and beer in my mouth at the same time. I don't like my can steaming up. I don't like the beer getting warm. I don't like forgetting about it in the shower. Um, so you know what? I, I, I'm not a fan either. Dude, that is my exact thought is like what the water is going to get in my beer. And then all of a sudden I'm drinking beer and shower water. And it's like, that's not pleasant. It's getting warm. And then, yeah, let's say you leave the beer in the shower and it's now you look like an asshole. You that just is drinking beers in the shower all the time. And you kind of just feel like a piece of shit. So, so. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever been to a Vegas pool party, you kind of know where we're coming at. You buy one of those drinks for 40 or $50 and, you know, you're being a little rambunctious, so you bring it into the pool with you. And soon enough, your drink stays full and you're wondering why. It's because you're drinking half chlorinated pool water and half your drink. And that's no fun. And this is the same idea. Not only that, I'd say that's to an extreme degree. Because there's probably <laughs> a lot more. You're probably drinking some semen too. There's probably semen in the pool. Oh God. Okay. Yes. I wasn't thinking that, but you don't think there's semen in the water at Vegas pool parties. It's probably Dude. littered with semen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count anything out at a Vegas pool party. It's probably a lot more than semen. It's probably like hepatitis. Um, now I'm really rethinking next time we Dude. go to Vegas. <laughs> I'm probably not going to bring it. I'm thinking I pool. shouldn't even go in the pool. Oh, I'm going in the pool. 
without a doubt going to the pool still. I'm going to be shit face. Like there's going to be. Are you going to dunk your head? I don't know if I'm going to, I'll probably end up going head dunk. Uh, just because like, you don't think about that stuff in the moment. Like right now, me and you talking completely sober. Are you sober? You got a flight to the big apple. You might want to take the edge off a little bit. Dude, but, I'd be right. Yeah, I'm sober. So no, I'm not, I'm not thinking about dunking my head in that pool after what we just talked about. Right. But then you get heat of the moment. You're out there competing with the fellas. Um, just trying to make it through the day, make it. And then to the night in Vegas, uh, which is remarkable that you you find this Jordan game six level of being able to go all day at a Vegas pool party and then somehow make it out at night, probably have a little bit of PEDs in there if we're being completely honest. <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah, I love how this just turned into the Vegas pool party scene. Um, but yeah, you're probably going full head dunk, probably bringing a drink in there still and just sucking it up but it's disgusting when I think about right now what's in a Vegas pool at a Vegas pool party. Do they clean it? How often do they clean? You think? I have a feeling they just put a ton of chlorine in that thing all the time. Um, but Hey, I'm pretty happy with this is that this is how decompression has gone. This is how I would expect it to go. It just goes off on a tangent and you just ride with it. Um, I don't know if we want to go here, but I'm going to bring back a little personal story with Orlando. Maybe I can get him to post the picture or the video. Uh, where we went to a, a night pool party dressed up thinking we were going to a club, didn't know it was a pool. So we were the only ones dressed up in nice pants and, and button down shirts and the whole deal. And we just, you know, kind of rolled with it. Razo decides that he's going to take all of his clothes off and just put them in a pile next to the pool with hundreds and hundreds of people. And there's a picture of Orlando just in his underwear, just going bananas next to a, uh, just in the pool by himself. Um, so a little anecdote for you guys that, that don't know Razo that well or, or didn't know that story. Yeah, there was a few aspects of that story. We were on a big marshmallow hype our last year of college. Uh, we yep. called that the Las Vegas Regional uh, because we never made the postseason at Davis. <laughs> so we just made up our own regional and went to Vegas uh, last weekend of the year. Yeah, the night pool party, uh, we definitely had to improvise. Uh, I, it was called night swim. So we probably should have had some sort of idea that this was, Hey, this is a night pool party. It's not a, um, it's not a just nice a normal club. It's not a normal club scene. So why the fuck are you wearing button downs and nice pants? But then, yeah, went full chonies into the, into the pool, which felt great. felt amazing. I was ready to walk home just in my chonies. You had to literally tell me, dude, Razo, I was going to leave my shoes there as well I had pretty nice shoes and you had to literally convince me like no dude put your clothes on and find your shoes because this is a nice pair of shoes well the fact that you just didn't get your wallet or phone taken night one just leaving it next to the pool is absolutely remarkable that could have put a huge uh a huge dent in your trip but hey i you risked it and it was worth it you did the right you made the right call yeah i was we were all shit face I mean, it's, we were amongst it. We were, sure. we were amongst it, but I, I, for some reason, I didn't have a sip of alcohol while we were there. I just kept going to this neighboring parties kind of cabana, if you say, and just kept taking their Red Bulls. So I think I had like, <laughs> I think I had like five just Red Bulls at Marshmallow 
um, which ended up being a pretty good decision because if I probably had more alcohol, there's no way I'm making it through that concert. No, I would have been, we would have had to try to find you wherever you were if you kept doing that. Yeah. So that was a great story. Great tea compression. Yeah. Great show, Lex. Great show. Thanks. Thank you for having me again. All right. Follow the Instagram OGV underscore golf. I'm posting a lot of stuff on there. Some good content. Um, follow my Instagram at Orazo three and follow Lex's Instagram at Alex E a gear. Um, and don't forget to let them know that we're on a podcast format as well. Yes, we are on Spotify. We're on Apple podcasts. Uh, I believe we're on a, a couple others that are slipping my mind, but Spotify and Apple podcasts, two main ones, wherever you get your pod- podcast, OGV is on there. Um, great show. Overall, follow my Twitter too. I'm tweeting out some good college baseball stuff, just kind of my thoughts, uh, what I'm seeing from pitchers and, and giving some in-game analysis. Yep, I'm following you. I'm liking your posts. Keep it up. All right, great show. Have a safe flight to the Big Apple, son. Thank you, Orlando.